Hello and welcome back to another episode of Setting Sail Podcast with me, Steven Saylor. Let's do the damn thing, will we? And we are back with another episode of Setting Sail Podcast. Today is a very humid, humid, humid day. But uh, I have a, a good fellow with me. Uh, he hasn't killed anybody, not part of the mob or so, I don't think. But I have a good fellow. I have the blind bandit himself, Mr. Todd McNeely. How the hell are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you tonight? I fucking, I hate my life. But it's fine. All We're right. here. Well, fair enough. Because, you know. <laughs> not been, it's not been, not been my week. Not been my week at all. Uh, to start off the week, I go, I go into work and, uh, my, my walk out and I'm, I'm driving down the street and I hear something that just doesn't sound right. The car's shaking a little weird. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I pull up to the stop sign. I just my mirror. I look down. I have a full blown flat tire. Okay. No, I had just woken up about 45 minutes before. So I wasn't really, you know, cognitive you, you only need three to get anywhere you want to go three minutes no three tires oh well but then you have to face repercussions you have to face repercussions fair enough you know of a bent rim i don't i don't want i don't need that kind of complication in you my can life. hammer that out I, you, you probably could that's a ball peen hammer job but my ball peen doesn't hammer quite well my ball peen hasn't hammered for 10 years 10 years you haven't ball peened your hammer no Oh, my goodness. No, I haven't. It hasn't been 10 minutes since I ball pinned my hammer. <laughs> I think we're saying it wrong. I think it's ball pin. I'm saying, I had said peened. Uh, it's a ball peen hammer. Ball peen? Yeah, it's P-E-E-N. You learn something new every day, folks. But, yeah, so I turn around, I fill it up, and as, I, as I'm filling it, I can hear fucking more air coming out. And I, like, I, I feel in, I'm like, where is it? Boom, full-blown screw. In my tire. No. Oh. Don't know how that happens. But at work, we had the tools to plug up a tire. And so I asked the guy who usually does that. I get to work. I fill it up. I get to work. I'm like, dude, could you, could you, I got something in my fucking tire. Can you take it out and plug it up for me? Sure, no problem. So he goes and does it. And he's showing me the, this fucking screw. And he's like, just throws it. And he was like, I was like, we shouldn't do that. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck it. The next person that gets it, it'll be the owner's son-in-law because he doesn't like him. So he wants him, he wants that, that screw to go into his tire. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be hilarious. Not four hours later. My other tire got punctured by that exact screw. Yep. Yep. I saw that coming. Yep. Yeah. That's how I started my week. Buying two new tires, fucking upset, and it's just it's fun. it's just down. It's just been like it's just spiraled. It's just spiraled all week. Been fucking just been irritated at the at the at the wind. The wind irritates me. I'm like, why are you here? I'm irritated by everything, and I like so forgetful this whole week. I don't, I don't know why, man. I uh, I don't know why. You ever been in a funk like that? 
No, I've, you know, my week has not been going that well either. As, as you probably know, I started my week out with dialysis. That's never fun. I'm dying. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I, I, let, me, let me bring the audience in with a little warm-hearted dying yep. bit. Uh, so, we, get yeah. to the, we, we get to the facts here on this show. Yeah. We just go in and, then, and we uh, talk. And then um, I, I, uh, I had uh, lunch at a Mexican restaurant mm-hmm. on uh, Tuesday and um, contracted the world's slowest case of diarrhea. So, slowest? Yeah, it just, it just lasted a long time. Oof. It was like, uh, it's like I, I haven't had it like that since I was a kid. You got a leaky gasket. Yeah, you know? some, some, some seals aren't aren't fucking closing up right. Something. Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know what it, it was. Just like rice yeah. beans, some chicken, just, mm. some vegetables. You know, but well, uh, the beans alone will do it to you. And depending on what kind of what place, what place you got, you know, you got chicken. It may not be chicken. You know what I mean? Might have been seal. It could have been seal, and we're not accustomed to that. We're not in, we're not Inuits. Right. So we don't know what seal tastes like. We haven't had our gristle. I hear it tastes have, just like chicken. We got. Let's go get a fucking seal. That's it. Let's do. Let's that. go get a fucking. Let's, let's go seal. club a seal. We go right club now. a seal, and we'll eat all of it. We'll eat all of it. It's not like we're going to do it, you know, for fun or. I sport. just heard all the environmentalists just leave the show. The two, <laughs> the two and a half uh, ones that died three weeks ago and left their computers running. No one's found them yet. They're they 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 finally got found. Oh shit! So Todd, you fancy yourself? You know, you're quite a bit older than I am. Uh, and the first time, I'm, I'm 87 years old. You are not 87 years old. I'm, you don't look a day over 92. I'm 54. 54. Okay. I am in fact 54. So there is a. I'm not going to do the math, but 27, 54. So you've seen some shit. You remember what it was like when um, uh, Nicole Simpson died. I'm sure you remember that what that was like. I the OJ thing. Oh, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I remember it. I, mm-hmm. I, I was never, I, I was never one of those people that was obsessed with that kind of pop culture. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, there's been a murder. Well, mm, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. it happens let, every day. Let me, let me get back to what I was doing because I don't know Nicole Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. See, I'm not. I, like, I'm young. I don't remember that. But I mean, I've seen. You know, they had a television show with Cuba Gooding Jr. And I can, you know, I, I don't know too much, but I can say wholeheartedly that he fucking did that. He fucking did it. Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yes. Cuba Gooding Jr. killed Nicole Simpson. Yep. I did not know that. Yeah. OJ was there, but Cuba Gooding Jr. did it. Okay. Yep. All yep. right. Well, that's a new wrinkle in the case that... Uh that explains why the glove didn't fit because OJ's like six eight. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s a little squeaky man. Yeah, you know he's, he's got like small five, hands. he's like five foot two, little guy. Yeah, small hands. So they had the wrong dude, but he was there. He was he was watching. Okay. Yeah, I know All that. Right. For, I know that to be true. I know that to be, I know that to be a true fact. And I just want to say something because it's in the bed in the back of my head. When I opened up the show, um, in between you know the music break, I said. Let's get into it, will we? Will we? And I had, like, in my head, I was going to say, shall we? And it came out, will we? I don't know what that was. I think it was just a sound. I don't even think it was a word that came out of my mouth. Like, that's where I'm at mentally. I'm not firing on all cylinders. Okay. So it is what it is. Be sure to always tell the audience when you're not firing on all cylinders because what they love more than anything is incompetence. Yeah. Without a doubt. 
I will tell them straight to their face. Incompetence, popular. Incontinence, not popular. Mm-hmm. I will, I will tell them straight to their face. I am an incompetent individual who does this for no reason. I don't know what I'm doing any day of the week, let alone when I have to run a fucking podcast. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you got the right equipment for it. I mean, how many times did it take me to set up the damn thing? I, I don't know because I couldn't see. Six. Okay, fair enough. Six and a half. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like I said, I'm not firing on all cylinders. My, ch- my cheese grater's not working the best. We're getting chunks, not, 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 not shreds. That's where I'm at. How do you uh, fix a broken cheese grater? I think you go buy a new one. Yeah, I think that's maybe the only solution. So where, where could I find a new cheese grater? Um, uh, um, crate and Barrel. Is that the place where like, is that the place where like pretentious people get like they're getting ready to get yeah, married and then like, they, they're like, hey, we're registered if, at Crate and Barrel. If there's something you need that you can get for less, you can go to Crate and Barrel and get it for more. Okay, that's like if you want something not to be sturdy, you buy it from IKEA. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had some pretty sturdy IKEA stuff. Have you moved something that you bought from IKEA? Oh, once you when you build when you, an, something from IKEA, mm-hmm. it stays where you put it. Because yeah, you move it, you move it. It's not it. Mm-mm. Nope, shows yeah, it's, over. It's solid as a rock until the first time you move it, mm-hmm. and then and then it becomes just wobbly. Just wobbly, and it does not fucking work. So Todd, we've 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 said on this show, you're a little bit older than me. So I gotta say, I gotta ask. And you're a music fan. That's how we first kind of kind of met each other. Was um, you you were on stage doing your thing, and Right. Do you want me to tell this? Story? You tell the story. You tell the story because you're better at I, it. I, I I'll, I'll tell the story only because I've told the story before, so I've mm-hmm. practiced it a little bit. But uh, um, guest of this show and friend of the club, Michael Banks, was on on stage, and he had told a joke where the punchline was that he did not know the difference between England and Great Britain. He thought that they were two different countries, and the joke was pretty good. And it got a good laugh, and then they called me up. And I'm wearing a T-shirt featuring a band called the Jesus and Mary Chain. And you were standing at the bar. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I get up on stage, you yelled out, the Jesus and Mary Chain, mm-hmm. which is a band name that I don't hear very often in Indiana. Um, I don't hear very often in my age group. Yeah, in, and like also in your age group. And I was very impressed mm-hmm. that, uh, that you recognized the band and, and you shouted out the deep cut. Mm-hmm. And... Um, then realizing that nobody in the audience uh, probably had any idea who this band was. They just thought um, it was some random dude who's been like, Jesus and Mary Chain, because they probably weren't reading your shirt. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, they, so I pointed out the shirt so that everybody would understand that you were referencing the shirt that I was wearing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I told everybody, uh, this is a very interesting band, because um, uh, two of the guys in the band are from England, and the other two are from Great Britain. And uh, that callback got a rousing round of laughter. So then I immediately sought you out. And, and here's the thing, too. I sought you out after the show, and I said, man, it's really good to meet somebody that, uh, that um, you know, recognizes Jesus' Mary Chain. And you said to me, yeah, they picked up where Echo and the Bunnymen left off. Mm-hmm. And it was 45 minutes later 
when I was out on the patio and having a conversation you. with somebody else that you made a high fidelity reference yes. because Jack Black has that very dialogue about those two bands mm-hmm. in the movie and it just clicked and I went hunting for you. I was like, oh my God, that's two deep cuts in one night. I got to know this guy. See, because I figured, I figured if I was going to reference the one, Jesus in the Mary Chain shirt, I had, to, I, had to say, I had to be like, okay, if he's coming up to me about this, I got to know he's a true warrior now sorry it might have peaked right there i heard it in my cans maybe uh that he's a true warrior and so i went with another deep cut that people my age do rarely know about they only know about it if they had to read it in school or some shit like that do they teach echo and the bunny men in school no the 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 fucking um oh my god see and i'm already forgetting shit it's one of my fucking favorite, High Fidelity is one of my favorite movies. I have three copies on DVD, and that right there should tell you how old I am on the inside, is I have three copies of a DVD when I can literally just stream it for free whenever I want. Right. I'm way too old to be 27. That's how I feel. Yeah, I've always felt like I was too old to be the age I was when I was younger, and now I feel like I'm too old to be as old as I am now. <laughs> but to be fair, I think... Um, if I had lived right, I would be feeling okay right now, but I didn't, and now my body has failed me, and I am a, you know, crusty husk of a man. Crusty husk. <laughs> Speaking of you being such an old husky, hus, husky, I'm an old cr- husky. Cr- your whole crusty husky? I'm, I'm an old husky. I husky go out in the backyard, husky. I dig holes. You get to hate it on days like today. With your little Arctic blood, you know, being a husky and all. Yeah, there's nothing I love better than a good Arctic blast. I love to roll around in the snow. It's the best. So with you being a crusty husky, <laughs> I gotta ask. Richie Valens. Okay, we'll say it like this. So the day the music died, okay? The fate- fateful plane crash. The fateful plane crash that involved the Big Bopper... Richie Valens, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Which one of those three do you think really made the music die? Because I know, I know where my heart lies. Are you asking me which one I would have saved? Yes. Buddy Holly. Okay. Buddy Holly, but you know, here's why. Mm-hmm. Because when I look at Buddy Holly, I feel like that's a young Elvis Costello when he's wearing those glasses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to save the guy that looks the most like Elvis Costello, who is one of my all-time heroes. Banned from SNL. But invited back eventually. Eventually. Yes. And what did he say? Uh, yes. He, was, he did it? He, yeah, he came back. Yeah. He, I think he came back for the 45th anniversary show, I want to say. Oh, shit. Yeah. See, I would, I would, I would say Richie Valens. 17 years old and look at the, literally was only around for what a year maybe and look at the look at the caliber of work he put out fucking brilliant yeah i can say i did not grow up with a lot of richie valens records i just uh you know i certainly know who he is he's mm-hmm. iconic i certainly appreciate him as it's like you know, he's like Sam Cooke. It's like, oh, I know Sam Cooke is great, mm-hmm. but I'm not in the Sam Cooke demographic, so it's not, I'm not like a walking encyclopedia of Sam Cooke knowledge. Yeah, being, you know, half Mexican, like 20 minutes after the womb, after getting out of the womb, you know, I was already, you know, watching La Bamba. So, yeah. 
It's I just... was pretentious about move about music. So like when I was like 19 years old, mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey man, this Einstein Newbotten band is really amazing." It's like, "What? Yeah, they're sort of like throbbing gristle. What mm-hmm. are you talking about?" <laughs> you know. I get that cuz like in like high school and stuff, like everyone was talking about like, "Oh, EDM is the shit." Like rages and ed- raves and EDM and I'm like Craftwork. Yeah. Yeah, I loved me some. You would I, never have any of that shit if it wasn't for Craftwork. I bought Radioactivity on vinyl like I was in junior high. It's so much more fun to compute. Yeah. I mean, I could go on on that. But I Speaking of being pretentious and we're talking on the subject of movies. There and we just, you know, we talked about I just spoke about La Bamba and you know I mean we did we did watch that a lot um growing up um and music movies movies that have been made about music or related about music whether whether it be um autobiographical that's the right word right yes autobiographical um, like a biopic kind of thing of about a movie, or like just you know, just a just a random movie about. Well, I guess it wouldn't be music. autobiographical unless the person that it was about also made the movie. Otherwise, oh, so that's yeah. Okay. That if an auto an autobiography is if I write a book about me, a biography is if I write a book about you. Okay, so biography. Right. Biography. So it's a biographical picture. Who the fuck writes an autobiography? How, how much of a how much of an ego do you have to just sit and write about yourself? Well, if you're running for public office, stupid. You run. You write an autobiography. Um, if you're at the end of your career and you've had a brilliant career, you write an autobiography. Or if you're a narcissist, you and, write an autobiography. And all of those people are probably narcissists. They're, they're all probably, yeah. there's, in that Venn diagram has a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, could you imagine Ernest Hemingway writing an autobiography? I can barely imagine Ernest Hemingway writing it all. He was so drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know whose autobiography I would read? Vincent Van Gogh. If I if there ever is a time machine, I will go back to before he cut off his ear and fucking, you know, just that drank himself would to be death all over the map. That like I can't imagine him being a coherent writer. He was crazy. Yeah, psycho. But you know who's not? I mean, you know, it's like I'm I'm crazy. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you're crazy. We all have our little lunacies for sure. Yeah. Like I can't I can't shit in the public restroom. Yeah, I Does don't that make you. me, you know, I would rather, you know, I would rather just hold it and have the possibility of leaking out a little bit as opposed to sitting some on a seat bare-assed where someone has sit on that seat bare-assed and another person has sat on that seat bare-assed and multiple people sit on that seat. And I don't know them. I don't know who they are. I don't know their mother's name. I don't feel comfortable sitting on the same seat of someone that I bare-assed if I don't know their mother's name. I can do it only because... <laughs> My one of my great, maybe my greatest social fear is defecating myself in public. Oh, no. Like, I feel like if I did that, I would have to go home, change my identity, move to another state, and just take on a whole new life. Like, I would just, I would vanish that Man. night. 
Not me. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not about that because it's a natural function. It's a natural function. If like I walk in, it's a hot day. If I lift my arms up and I have pits, and someone like it's like, oh, you got fucking your pits are sweaty. Well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. It feels like 101 outside. What are you? You kidding me? Uh, you know, I'm gonna sweat more than the chunky dude at the fucking jambalaya jam. You know what I mean? Right. It's gonna happen. Can't help it. By the way, are we going to jambalaya jam this year? Uh, it's been it's been pushed back two days. Okay. Yeah. It's been pushed back two days. So August August uh, August fifteenth uh, is when it was supposed to be. So now August August seventeenth uh, is when it happens. Fair enough. And we are going to jambalaya jam. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ooh. Who's That's the, who's the fucking one. hot dog guy? What's his name? I don't know. I'm going to fucking Joey Chestnut the shit out of some jambalaya. Just Joey Chestnut. I'm willing to bet that jambalaya is on the long list of foods that I've been warned not to eat. It's actually on the long list of foods I will not eat. I can't see it. We'll go back to lunacies. I am weird about textures. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and like stuff being yeah. together. That's like a lot of people. A lot of people meals. are like that. That's, I can't do that's, that. That's a fairly common thing, actually. Yeah, people like the, the KFC's got the um, the chicken bowls, got chicken, corn, and mashed potatoes all together. It's like they're all good. They're all good separate. Let it fucking separate them. Yeah, you gotta keep them separated. But K, KFC has found a way to make them not good. Exactly. Uh, we gotta keep them separated. Say that one again. The fucking bartender here at the Market Lounge. Shout out the Market Lounge Comedy Club. Uh, just shout out. They're the best. Okay. Shout out. Shout out. Market They're Lounge. The They're the best. Um, I wanted to ask you about what, what, what kind of... <laughs> is it bad that I'm asking a blind man, what's his favorite movie? No, because <laughs> I, I majored in motion picture production in, in college. That was, that, was my, that was my career goal. That was my life's ambition. And mm-hmm. like all of my life's ambitions, uh, I've been a massive failure um, at all of it. So, um, I get but, that. My my all time favorite movie is Lawrence of Arabia. Ah, see, I've only seen Lawrence of Arabia. That's a very very it's different. Di- that's a French same. film. That's a that's, French one. Yeah. No wonder I didn't understand what they were saying. Yeah, but you could see what they were doing. I could see what they were doing. Yeah. That I enjoyed. I thought cinematography was great. Yeah. So a lot of close ups. So favorite movie that's like based around music, like I said, whether it be a biography or like a made up kind of bullshit ragtag thing. Uh, do I have a favorite music movie? I was one of like those even high fidelity. I would consider a music movie, even high though it's fidelity, a sad sack. I think does qualify as a music, a music related film. Certainly it plays so heavily into it. Mm hmm. Um, and it's a good candidate to be a favorite uh, music-related film, but not a musical. Not a musical. If we're doing musicals, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd is my favorite musical. Sweeney Todd's a good film. I like a chorus line. Chorus line. That's I like a one, chorus line. That's the one line. from Land of the Lost, right? No, it's the one with uh, Michael Douglas, um, where they're auditioning for a chorus oh, line I think in I a New it. York. Uh, I hope I get it. Yeah, that's that's, okay. a, that's exactly. It's the one. in yes. Land of the Lost. That was the the his little machine. Oh, that he oh, made. oh, oh. Okay, no, I I'm I caught up to where you were going with that. No, I no. Yes, yes, you're correct. I like a chorus line because it's the only musical that you could imagine would happen in real life. Like you're supposed to break out in song. When you're auditioning for yeah, why not? Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's like Sweeney Todd, you know. 
he's slashing throats and he's singing. First off, that's crazy. Sure. Secondly. But you know he's not the first to slash throats and sing. It's just the first to get famous for it. The first to get famous for it. And he was famous. He was very famous. He was the demon barber of Fleet Street. Fleet Street. And who was underneath him? Helena Bottom Carter. Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah, I would get over her. I, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep I, my I, opinions I, to myself. And, and I would like to, I'd like to, to say to uh, the entire crowd of young and, PC people out there that I only mean that in a uh, platonic and respectful way. I would, it would be consensual getting over her. Um, and if it wasn't, I wouldn't do it under any circumstance. <laughs> Let me just, just say I can, that. I, can, I can guarantee. And um, you know what? Here's the other thing, too. If she were a man... Okay, I mean, I'm I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 hip with all the new openness and all the the new gender identities. It's just oh, if if it were Hank Bonham Carter, I would I would get over that too. I just, I'd get over it. Just want to say, I, I just want to say, I would I would dive into Mrs. Lovett's meat pie. <laughs> <laughs> At first, do a swan dive. <laughs> Hell, I might even sing while I'm doing it. <laughs> I might even bust out in a song, slash a couple throats, who knows? <laughs> when it goes too far. Um, so favorite movie about music or musician? Man, it is, it is hard. It's, it's hard to say because it's not a category I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Cheadle's turn is Miles Davis was amazing okay um don Cheadle is amazing he's a whole he's an amazing i mean come on yeah i would say i i unpopular opinion one of my favorite adam sandler movies is rain over me because don Cheadle's so fucking great in that movie love that movie it's so good and you know it's one of those movies where adam sandler's true range is on display it's you can see it's fucking undisputed how how talented of an actor he is not only is he an amazing comedic actor but to just break out and do a role like that where your character synopsis is a dad who lost his and you know shout out to anyone who this actually happened to lost his wife and daughter in the 9-11 attacks yeah and your character is this guy Who's just lost it? It's a weighty, weighty movie. Yeah, that does not beat you over the head with its themes. It 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 sort of lets you discover it, and and and. and I don't even know, you know who directed that, but the direction of it, the camera angles, and certain like when he's riding on his uh, his motorized scooter, and you got these beautiful views of the city. It's just it's such a beautiful movie. Yeah. It's absolutely it's it's absolutely stunning, and uh, features an acting turn by the lovely Saffron Burrows. Who is Saffron? She's the girl that um, they the try to fix him up with, and uh, she's kind of into him. Yeah, but, uh, at the end, but he's having trying, a hard time making a connection. She was trying to of, get with uh, Don Cheadle in the doctor's office. Yeah, and then towards the end of it, they have pizza at his new place. Yeah, okay, yeah, she's great too. She's got good uh, drama face. Yeah. Yeah, um, she's a, she's a great actress that doesn't turn up as often as I would like in mm-hmm. films. I'd like to see her in more movies. She's really good. Um, my uh, one of my favorite like movie. I'll give you two. Yeah, I'll give you three. 
The Doors. Oliver Stone. Oliver yeah. Stone. Val Kilmer. Give me some death, Jim. <laughs> I want death. That movie is so over How the top. How many of you really know your life? That, that movie is so melodramatic and it's, over the top. Was, wasn't he? Oliver, Oliver Stone is just, Oliver Stone, it's hard to, to rein him in. Yeah. He does take it a little, a little far. In certain cases, like I don't think that the, I don't think the turkey scene actually happened, but it was good. It was good for cinema. Sure, it was good for cinema. I, I don't think you got most to see of, how you got well, to see how damaged both of these people were. Oliver Stone made JFK, so things that didn't happen is mm-hmm. a common theme in an Oliver Stone movie. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I think Oswald acted alone. I, I think that's the only. That's the only event in American history where I actually think that there's probably more to a conspiracy than, than meets the eye. But, but 99% of the time, if there's a conspiracy theory about something, I don't believe it. Yeah, I get that. I, I just know what I know. And if I don't know, then I don't know. Yeah. It's hard for me to be like, aliens well, there's, exist. There's you one know, thing now they're I know. saying it, but... I mean, there's one thing I know I for, a, for certainty, and that is this. If, if you need to keep a secret that's known by three people, mm-hmm. the only way to do it is to kill two of them. So when somebody tells me 9-11 was an inside job, how many hundreds of people had to be involved in that inside job? And I've not heard a peep from a one of them. You know, it's like, that's impossible. Well, that's because they drank Kool-Aid. Yeah, maybe there are a lot of Kool-Aid drinkers. Across the Universe, if you've never seen it, fantastic musical yeah, film. Yeah, that's a good movie. Bono and is strangely good in that movie. I can't stand Bono, but I can't stand you too, but he was good in that movie. I mean, well, his rendition I, of that song is amazing. I was the right age. When YouTube's... When YouTube, YouTube's. When YouTube... When U2 was a new band, when they made Boy in October and mm-hmm. the Joshua Tree, when they were a new band... They were, in fact, worth every bit of their hype, and I was on board. Mm. But there just came a point where it was just sort of like, oh, guys, you've gotten so... Oh, Out of touch? My favorite mainstream. Irish band. Mainstream. They just sort of... They sort they're of from like, Ireland, right? Yes. So my favorite Irish band would be, would be um, the fucking Cranberries. I would say I would put Cranberries over them any day. Oh, I love me some Cranberries. Cranberries are amazing. R.I.P. Dolores, you were loved and missed. Music gets me. Oh, it's so good. You know it's who so had? Uh, you know what? American one-hit wonder actually had a long and successful and prolific career. Was the Proclaimers? I would walk five hundred miles, miles, and I would. Yeah, yeah. They they had this one hit in America, mm-hmm. but they're actually Benny and June. They're very very popular where they come from, and they put out records all the time. Mm. My last one. Airheads. That's a that's an interesting choice. That movie kills. That movie kills from top to bottom. That movie fucking kills. And I love that they did the fucking their like big song is like degenerated by the by Reagan Youth. It's fucking awesome. I think I actually like that version more than I like Reagan Youth's version. Yeah. What's Johnny doing out on a Tuesday night? That song's so fucking good. And the movie's so good. Brendan Fraser's acting in that movie. Again, you got fucking just Adam Sandler being hilarious. The whole fucking movie. It's such an underrated movie, man. I feel a lot of people don't get that one. 
Yeah, that's one of those films. It, it's certainly got a following, though. I mean, people remember Airheads. Mm-hmm. It was one of those movies that was supposed to be so huge. You have this outstanding cast yeah, with new up-and-comers, people who were killing it. You got Farley making you know, an appearance in there. You got Harold Ramis. I think Harold Ramis wrote it. Like he's in, he makes an appearance. Fucking Lemmy makes an appearance, and it's just not critically acclaimed as it should. It should be, is it's lights out, hilarious, and it's a good concept. What do you do when you feel? I mean, obviously you don't hold up a radio station with play guns because nowadays you get shot. Yeah, but it's just these artists. They're at their they're at their end, and they don't know what to do. They feel like they deserve a chance, and they're not getting a chance. And they take a chance by taking over this radio station, and then the fucking DJ falls in love with them and backs them. And it's just it's and how like company like radio like 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 record companies will just fuck and fuck and fuck artists over like and they're like. We're about the music. So the record company brings them a contract. They fuck, I'm doing a whole synopsis of this fucking movie. Brings them a contract. They put on a concert. They go to hit this fucking guitar and nothing comes out. He's like, we'll just play it in post. He's like, that's bullshit. We're just going to stand here and let the music play. It's so fucking rock and roll, man. I, I, that's how much I love that movie. I just went on a tangent. Yeah. I wonder, though. I, you know, I, I, I don't know if you couldn't do it today because those guys were white. I don't, Very true. I don't think we're shooting white guys yet. Not yet. Not yet. And and here's here's the sad thing about about American politics. It's like uh, you know, like not to be too serious, but I'm a big supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. and and I am definitely somebody that understands the complex issues involved when uh, people talk about wanting to defund the police and wanting to demilitarize the police. Um, but there are people out there who think that equity is not shooting less black guys, but shooting more white guys. And I'm like, no, no, I, I want to shoot less people. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to shoot I, I would like at all. less people to be shot and killed by police brutality. I don't want more diversity in the group of people that are being killed. Yeah. I, want, I want less people want being killed. No dying... No dying. That that's that's where a lot of times liberal ideas run amok. It's like, well, we need to have more diversity, so you need to kill more people. It's yeah, it's such an ass backwards way of looking at things. Um, so we're gearing up towards the end, Todd. We are gearing up towards the end. Oh, there's a line on the screen. Wow, we've we've and we've hardly talked about anything. We have talked and everything everything we are um we're gonna have todd back here uh eventually we got we got some cool guests coming in um uh, let me let me let me plug a show uh yeah i was gonna get i was gonna was gonna get to that oh okay i'm sorry i'm sorry forget edit that out rewind so todd uh just had some really good news come up to him and uh, the club, and uh, go, why don't you go ahead and share that news, Todd? It's it's going to be in January. The date is not uh, nailed down yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've um, the bill is not completely set in stone, but uh, we're going to be doing a show called Setlist, and Setlist is a faux. Let's say it's a faux competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have four comics on stage at the same time, and one by one. They will come to the mic, and when they get to the mic, that's when they will be told what their set is about. 
and they will construct their set on stage, improvised, without any preparation. And they will be scored by a panel of judges, and at the end of the night, we'll have a faux winner. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so it's a it's an improv stand-up show, mm-hmm. sort of like a game show. And I, I like these ideas because as much as I love stand-up comedy, and don't get me wrong, I love me some stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. and I am a stand-up comic, um, sometimes I, I want to see something different happening on stage, something a little... Because I've also been an improv comic for about eight years. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I want to see a show as opposed to another white guy in his middle eight years talking about his penis on stage. Um, let me see a show with some substance and some stuff going on. And I thought, well, the game show would be a really interesting way to showcase uh, comics. And I'm not the first to do it, but uh, I'm going to do it here. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be awesome. And we will have details as soon as we get the details on that. We'll, More we'll details be plugging that. to come. We'll be plugging that. Uh, is there anything uh, anywhere else you're going to be? Um, I'm going to be here in about an hour. Here in about an hour? Yeah. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast, it's too late to come too see me now. Fucking late. Get on the bus. Get on the bus and go home already. It's too late. Yeah, you're standing in an empty parking lot. You made a mistake. They are not. We are not here anymore. You have failed to grasp how podcasts work. You don't understand. This has been shot previously. This isn't live. You dummy. Stupid people are stupid. But my audience is great. The audience for this crowd is great. And let's grow it. Like, share, subscribe. Todd McNeely. Uh, I will be, I'm going to plug a date. I will be at the Market Lounge uh, August or September 4th with Run the Light Media. That's uh, two people that have been on this podcast. Mike Banks, Alan Ford Jr., and uh, Brandon Brandon King is their production company. That's three people. Three people, but two of them have done this show. Oh, okay. Um, Which one has not done this show? Brandon, because he talks too fucking loud. No, he did this show and... uh, we, we talked for like 45 minutes, and then I look over, and I was like, I didn't record any of that. Wow. So, yeah, Brandon is, uh, we got to get Brandon back in here. I love the guy. Uh, it was September 4th, uh, Market Lounge in Valpo. And I just want to plug something because it's really big, and it's really huge announcement for, uh, for comedy in this region, um, for this club. September 26th, folks, uh, Steve Renazizi, Comedy Store Regular, uh, he's been. A, he was on FX's The League. Will be headlining in the main hall. Get your fucking tickets. It's going to be a good show. And uh, give it up for the for the Market Lounge Comedy Club. Uh, I am Steven Saylor, and this has been the Setting Sail Podcast. Thank you, Todd. I appreciate you, man. Oh, I appreciate coming down here and doing it. All right. We'll see y'all later. Much love. Bye. Bye bye.